As we go to Ephesians 4, may I ask you to please stand as we honor and reverence the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 4. Again, thank you for your patience. I'm going to try to do my best and um, give to you what God's put in my heart, and in a second, share my testimony of God's call into evangelism and what that means, and the preacher wanted me to do that. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, we'll read for sake of time verse 2 and verse 11. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 2. In verse number 11, if we can read it all together, uh, please. The Bible says, With all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. And he gave some apostles. Amen. Let's pray that you could be seated. Father, Lord, I come to you tonight and only because of the work of Christ that he did in our hearts. And um, thank you that you give us this miracle in this way, in this avenue of prayer, that we can come before you, O Lord God. And we claim your promise in John 14, where Christ said, anything that you shall ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father would be glorified in the Son. My God, I ask that you would do a work in our hearts tonight. And you would help us. Speak to us, Lord. In the midst of a nation that's turning away from you, in the midst, Lord, of social media and so many other avenues and music, Lord, that Satan in his, in his uh, ways is attacking the church. And I ask that you would help us, Father, tonight to receive your word, help us to be humble. And Lord, that you would do a great work for thy glory. In the name of Christ, we ask these things believing in faith. Amen and amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11, we're going to go through a couple slides here in a second, but we see that Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. Now, this was a church that a lot was happening. Many students of the Bible believe that Mary, the mother of Jesus, moved back to Ephesus and she was there. We know that many apostles were there. God was moving and doing something. At this time, Timothy was the pastor of the church. At this time, we know that He's struggling through a couple things as a young preacher, as a young pastor, as an elder overseeing this church. Paul writes to him and encourages him to keep going. Yet we see here that in verse 11, we understand that the word of God says in verse number seven, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So I'd like to speak to you briefly a little bit on what is an evangelist and what this means and what God has called uh, my family and Abby and I into what, into what we're doing. And I'm going to go through a couple notes here, but the word evangelist, we can go to the next slide. Thank you, Brian. The, the word evangelist comes from the Greek word. Now, Brother Phil Pins, please cover your ears. I'm going to try to pronounce this Greek word as best as I can, okay? So I took Greek twice because I love Brother Pins so much. The, uh, the word evangelist comes from the Greek word uh, evangelistes, which comes from the root word um, evangelizo, which is the Greek word for gospel. The picture in the Greek is of a runner who is part of an army that has just won a big battle, and this runner's responsibility is to deliver as fast as he can the message of victory to the people back in the city, awaiting to see what will be their outcome. We see that the word evangelist is a preacher of the gospel, bringer of good tidings. Now, this word evangelistes comes from the Greek word 
evangelizo, which is to announce good news, especially the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a joy we have as Christians to have received the news that Christ has won the victory. We don't have to fear what may come into our lives because he will always be near us. It doesn't matter what you're going through tonight. It doesn't matter what the story of your family is. It it really doesn't matter what problems or trials or what sin has occurred in your heart or in your marriage or in your life or whatever it is that has occurred in our life. Jesus Christ has already given us the victory for whatever it is that we face. And what a great joy to know, what a confidence to know, what a faith that can be upon this belief that Jesus Christ is with me and is helping me and has given me his spirit so that he can help me for what I must do. The root word for evangelist, again, is evangelizo, which is the Greek word for gospel. It appears 74 times in the New Testament, and its verb form is used an additional 52 times. We learn from Scripture that Jesus went about doing the work of an evangelist because he went forth preaching the good news, the evangelion of the kingdom, the good news. The gift and office of an evangelist has many times been misunderstood in the body of Christ. Many people think that an evangelist is just an itinerant preacher. So either you're a pastor overseeing a local church where you preach every week, or if you're not a pastor, you travel and speak, and therefore you're called an evangelist. Now, while this is true that the Bible teaches uh, in the life of Philip that an evangelist travels, which we'll see in a set in a minute here, not every minister, though, that travels is an evangelist. Some men travel and teach in many marriage retreats, and that is much needed. What a joy we had to just be part of the marriage retreat, amen? Wasn't that a great time? That was, that was a great time that we got to, um, who, who, is, who is the color yellow? Those who went to the marriage retreat, you know what I'm talking about. Yellow, okay, there's my people. All right, great, 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 great. And then I'm not going to talk about the color blue because my wife is blue and she um, helps me a lot. But many times I'm so glad for my wife and all she does. But that's awesome. If you did not know um, what I'm talking about with the colors, um, you can go next year to the marriage retreat and figure out. You've got a year to get married. It'll be great. Some men travel and teach in marriage retreats. That's awesome. It's good. It's needed. Others travel and preach and teach on biblical finances. That is great. It is needed in our church. But that's not the work of an evangelist. The primary focus and passion of the office and calling of an evangelist is to see people saved through the gospel of Christ. Now, while an evangelist, as we learn in the book of Ephesians and scripture, and please have your Bible with you. I'm going to go through much scripture tonight. I'm a young preacher. I don't have much to share yet. I want to go through the word of God. But in verse 11, we see that he's given evangelist. We see the root word of the word. And he's given these five gifts. We know there's many others in Scripture. But in verse 12, he gives a reason why. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, praise the Lord, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we see that. Yes, an evangelist can be used in a marriage retreat. We know that my good friend, Brother Polly, he does that many times, and he speaks on, in marriage retreats and things of that nature. We can all be used for that purpose, but an evangelist's main role and main focus and passion is the gospel. A true evangelist is not looking just for a meeting or an itinerant schedule. Uh, in many conferences, and I've gone to Southwide Baptist Fellowship a lot, and I'll talk about that in a second, but... In many conferences, pastors stay away from evangelists because they're looking for a meeting, you know, and 
they've asked 10 times and things of that nature. So, but you know, um, we know that a true evangelist focus is not looking to fill his schedule with meetings. He's looking to fill his schedule with opportunities to preach the gospel of Christ to a lost soul through the preaching of the gospel. The main desire is not to look for a stage, yet to look for a soul. Now, I am not stating that it is wrong for an evangelist to preach and travel at different meetings. If God chooses to open that door and guide Abby and I and and his spirit leads to do so, we will follow. But our primary focus moving forward will be to plan and prepare for gospel-centered work through our local church. I'm excited what God will do in the park ministry this summer, and I'm more excited to see what he'll do there than to fill my schedule and travel and preach. Yes, I'd love to share my passion. I love I'm doing it tonight. But the desire of a true evangelist in Scripture is to see people saved. He is the one that his primary focus is to be able to, uh, many people have explained it this way. In a soccer team, you have many people playing. And the main goal is to score, right? That, 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 if I'm going to play, my main purpose is to win. Yet we have some that defend, and I don't know sports much, but, but we do have a few that their primary focus is not to defend. It's not, they're not the goalie. Their primary focus is to score. And I guess that's an example or a silly example there that we can use yet. In the work of Christ, we're going to see in a second, it is all our job to do the work of an evangelist. And I'll share that with you here in a second. But our primary focus will be to work through here our local church. And I'm so excited that God's given us this season of time to still be in our church. I love our church. I love First Baptist. And I hope that you love your church. And I hope that you're excited one day to see this balcony filled up with people. I hope that you come on Wednesdays and, you know, there's a lot of empty seats here tonight. I hope that stirs in you a desire and a passion to see your neighbors sit by you. I ask that you'd pray for my neighbor, Terry. We've, we've tried and we've witnessed to her and, um, and we've done a, 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 as much as we can, yet she's busy and I want to see her saved. I want to see that God would move in her life. And, 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 and I, I had a friend that told me, you know, that building in, in Hammond was overbuilt. That was, that was probably not the best thing to do. I don't know everything about that. I wasn't here, but I will say this. We have a God that can. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast created the heavens and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. Over 100,000 people live in the city of Hammond. Over 100,000 people live in the city of Hammond. If we just reach 10% of the city, we will need a new building. I hope you have a desire to see the gospel of Christ revolutionize and change and do a work in our city and in the city that you live in. The word evangelist in the scripture appears three times. We're going to go to the next slide, 2 Timothy 4.5. We are all called to do the work of an evangelist. If you can go with me, please, to 2 Timothy 4.5. I'm not used to seeing the screens here in front of me. I keep looking this way. I need to just look over here. So 2 Timothy 4.5, if you can go there with me, please, to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 5. Paul here talks to Timothy, and if I could ask that we can all read that verse together. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 5. The Bible says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Here we have a pastor in the New Testament local church being commanded and exhorted by Paul to do the work of an evangelist. We are all called to do the work of an evangelist. Please pay close attention to these verses in this passage that teach us and see how Paul is exhorting Timothy to do so. 
Now, we're not going to turn here for sake of time, but Christ commanded all of us to do this work. In Acts 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We see here that Paul is commanding and exhorting Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. When you take the gospel of Jesus Christ and you go through the Romans road or wherever it is in scripture that you like to share the gospel from, at that moment, you are becoming a messenger. You are becoming a messenger of good news. At that moment, you are doing the work of an evangelist, someone that preaches the good news of Jesus Christ. I remember telling Abby when I said, hey, and I think, you know, God's calling us to this and God's putting this in my heart. And as a sweet wife, she looked at me and said, I'm willing to do so. Let's do it unless we don't have to live in an RV. <laughs> if we have to live in an RV and travel the country, I won't do it. But no, I'm just playing. But Abby shared that with me. But as we all do the work of an evangelist, we are commanded to do so. And how many times has our pastor stood here and told us that the last commandment and, 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 uh, and, and exhortation of Christ should be our first priority? And every Christian does the work of an evangelist. Now, we see here the second time in Scripture in Ephesians 4.11. Now, we see, if you can go with me, for, please, to Acts 8.4 first. Let me go there and not skip that. Acts chapter 8, verse number 4. We see the early Christians going everywhere, preaching the gospel. They are doing the work of an evangelist. Acts chapter 8, please, verse number 4. It's the same word used here. In verse number eight, preaching for the same root word in the Greek that is used for evangelists. Can we read verse eight, uh, sorry, verse number four together? Acts chapter eight, verse number four. Can we read that together, please? Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So here we have the early church in Jerusalem. They come under a persecution. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we see that God, through his divine will, brings a persecution and a test at a time of test and trial to the church at Jerusalem and they're scattered abroad but where where they go everywhere this same word in the Greek that is used preaching the word is the same in the root word for evangelist they were preaching the word of Christ they were being evangelists or being so forth as a as a messenger of Christ as that picture in the Greek a runner that you know the, that his responsibility after the war is to run back and deliver the news to the people waiting that are not part of the army and this runner runs back to the city and proclaims and says we've won the victory that's the work of an evangelist and we are all called at times in our life when we have the leading of the spear whether it's saturday or at your job or wherever you are to do the work of an evangelist so if you would allow me to exhort you the same way that paul exhorted timothy while he was busy while he had to had to shepherd the people at ephesus while he was dealing with illness in his own life while he was dealing with learning as a young preacher to lead a church in the midst of all of this paul stopped and told him do the work of an evangelist we are all busy no one here could say I just sit at home do nothing so I can go so many we all know we have lives we have goals and finances and and children oh how Abby and I have learned how busy of a life it becomes having a child and that great blessing yet how easy it is church family to get distracted from doing the primary focus of our life and of the vocation where we've been called to do to preach the word and the, new, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
If I can share a little bit with you, we learn here in Ephesians 4. Can we go to Ephesians 4.11 and we'll go to that next slide in Ephesians 4, back to where we read. And from here, I'd like to take the next 10, 15 minutes and just share my testimony with you of what God has called uh, Abby and I to do. And Pastor wanted me to share a little bit of the testimony of specifically of what God did in my heart and ask that you'd be patient with me. It's the first time that I've ever do it. And uh, it was a joy this afternoon to write it down and think of how God brought us here. But we learn here in Ephesians 4.11 that the office, calling, or gift of an evangelist is given by God for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and the edifying of the body of Christ. And at the end of 2018, I finished my internship here at the college and um, completed the master's program. And uh, I had the joy to be able to do that here in our church. And And that was awesome. That was a great time to do so. Yet I had a burning desire, like many of my friends that were here, Uh, for what the next step was going to be. I walked across the platform, received a diploma in my hand, and I knew I didn't want to get stuck. I knew I didn't want to just, you know, slow down in this work of of the ministry. I wanted to do something for God. And I envisioned it in, you know, being able to go somewhere and serve full time and live off of the the work of the gospel, to live off of the gospel. And um, at the early 2019, as we, Abby and I chose to stay engaged here in the local church, and to start praying, where would God have us go? As he had called us into the ministry, we knew he wanted us to serve him full time. And we wanted to launch out in faith and do so. Well, we had a few pastors call us and offer employment, yet the Spirit of God did not give us peace to pursue these opportunities. I, I was honestly very confused. I remember receiving a couple different calls and going to pastor and excited, yet I would tell pastor, I'm not sure. I don't I'm going to pray, and pastor and his wisdom would guide me to pray and fast and ask the Lord what he would have us. Yet God's spirit gave us no peace in moving in that direction, so we chose not to several times. And um, I generally was confused. The Lord chose, though, this time to teach me to have joined his presence through fasting and prayer. Um, even if it meant clouding our next step. And uh, many times in our life, we want to know what the next step is. Things aren't going our way, or you'd probably be sitting here tonight having a desire in ministry or in finances or in your business or whatever it would be. Yet what, what a tremendous truth that we can learn. That if we live in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. At the end of 2019, during a season of fasting and prayer, pastor asked me to attend a meeting to Southwide Baptist Fellowship in Tennessee. That week, I walked around with a heavy heart, pleading and asking God to lead me. In the fall of 2019, a few of us men went there, Brother Joe Yokish and Brother Dominguez and myself and pastor and a few others. And during the lunchtime, we all sat in a gym and Brother Dominguez and I ended up sitting by ourselves in some bleachers. And... Um, and the Spirit of God led Brother Dominguez at that moment to ask me, have you ever considered being an evangelist? I said no, and I didn't think much of it at the moment. Have you ever prayed for something and God gives you the answer, yet you're so busy you don't realize he's answering? And... Um, so if this thing of evangelism doesn't go well, you can blame Brother Dominguez, okay? He was the one that, I'm just playing. 
When we got home back sometime later, a few weeks later, I was reading Ephesians 4, and this verse here, um, God just met with me that morning in my devotion, in my prayer closet, and confirmed in my heart. Um, I did not know what that meant, so I went and spoke with my wife, and we prayed and decided to see what God would do. I went to talk to pastor about this burden, and he asked, do you know what branch of evangelism you would serve? And I was like, I didn't even know there was a tree. I don't, <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know, pastor. I just come here to ask you. <laughs> and in his wisdom, he, he told me, Caleb, you should go back and pray and, and see what the Lord would have you do and encouraged me and was a great blessing to me. And um, as I did that, I went back to pray, honestly, with more confusion, yet accepting that he would reveal it to me during his time. 2020 came around and COVID hit, and God answered us in an unexpected way. It's not what I was looking for. A man approached me at work about an insurance opportunity, and as we were not doing much, it was a better opportunity for us and I was saying, Lord, I know you want me to do this, yet I'm not sure. And I went and sought counsel again, and that birthed the business of what God wanted us. And now I understand what he was doing. And um, during that time, we started it. God blessed it. He touched it and has helped us in that. And Abby and I then, as we started to pray, what branch of evangelism? The Lord made it clear through our burden for missions. I knew I've sat in missions conferences, and I said, Lord, if you want me to sell my things, pack up and go, I will go tonight. Yet I have no peace doing that. But I don't know why you're putting a burden about missions. I'm giving. I'm praying. What else do you want me to do? And the Lord made it clear at that time to use that work of an evangelist and a gift of an encourager to go and help the local missionaries. I grew up in the mission field. It was the best experience of my life. Yet many people would come, and in between our schedules and plans of a local church in the mission field, they would come, and we would have to host them and do the work. And it was a blessing, but it was tiring. You know, when they would leave and we'd drop them off at the airport, Brother Bushy would know this, and you, you drop off 15 people at the airport, and on the ride back home as a missionary family, next week we got VBS or something going on, and we're tired. And I saw that in the heart of my mom and dad, and the Lord started working in me through that and, and, and led me to understand, you know, if you can go and go in a time of VBS or go in a time when they're already having an event, take some young people, take some people with you, and be an encouragement. So we did that. We set out to do that, and we, we would go to Costa Rica and Mexico or Brother Ramos and a couple different places, and God blessed and helped and confirmed, and that was awesome. Yet, yet in 2021, after two years in the, almost two years in the business and having peace with that, God started his work again. I, I was so excited. I was like, this is it. This is what God wants me to do. He wants me to go three, four times a year. He wants me to be a blessing and we'll be able to help them. The business he's given me is for this. Yet, in 2021, God started working in our hearts again. And I remember vividly, mid-year of 2021, not having peace while working in our business. And the Spirit pressing my heart to specifically give more of my time. I thought this conviction would mean he would do something later because I was too young and unexperienced. At Southwide Baptist in 2021, I was at a restaurant meeting. We went again to that Southwide Baptist Fellowship. And Brother Scott Polly said, if you have the burden or calling of an evangelist, I want you to meet us at this restaurant. So I kind of told Pastor, I don't know if I should go. I'm not really an evangelist. And he encouraged me, said, just go and see what the Lord would do. I thought I was too young and unexperienced. So I decided I'll go, but I know it's not my time yet. And out of all places and out of all moments, 
in the restaurant sat next to me an evangelist that was much younger than I. And out of all places to meet, he was from Independent Baptist Church in Bolingbrook, Illinois. So at that moment, I decided to stop going to Southwide Baptist Fellowship Conferences. <laughs> Every time I come, I knew the Lord did something. God made it clear, and at the end of 2021 into 2022, we went back to a season of fasting and prayer and asked God to reveal his next steps to us, but to please make it clear to me what he wanted me to do. At the beginning of 2022 Missions Conference, and I'll end here, Brother Mark preached a message entitled, Some Are Called to Give and Others Are Called to Go. I was sitting right over here. And I remember through the message, I couldn't look up. I was staring right down to the floor. God chose to put a burden in my heart. And he was teaching me that the Lord giveth, yet he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I knew, God, you gave, me this, gave us this business opportunity, not only me, I have great business partners that help, and yet this is going great. We have a house, we live in our church, we go to the mission field one or three or four times a year. This is perfect. We can go sewing, we have a park ministry. We're serving you. Yet I believe he was testing me if I'd be willing to let go of what I consider comfort. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, we're not just stepping into this and God's word goes with his, uh, God's will goes with his word and we have to be good stewards and we'll be involved part-time. But for us it meant to put business and finances part-time that would allow the finances to provide for a family, yet to make our daily focus, to develop our gifts and pursue the calling of God in our lives. I'll end with this. We can go, please, with me to Acts chapter 6, and we'll be done. Thank you for your patience with me. In Acts chapter 6, we have a problem that arose in the church. And God, in his divine wisdom, reveals to us the only man in Scripture that is known as an evangelist, Stephen. We know that there's a problem in verse 1. We know that in verse 2, the 12 are called. We know in verse 3 that they give a commandment and say, Look ye out among you, in Acts chapter 6, verse 3. Look ye out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom ye may appoint over this business. In verse number 5, the Bible says, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip. Here we find for the first time Philip. In God's word, we have two Philips. We have one that's the apostle, apostle, and the second we find here in Acts 6. Although we might expect that the apostle Philip would get the most biblical press, in truth we hear very little of him. It is the second Philip that God chose to speak more of. 
the first thing that we see Philip, forget for a second that he was an evangelist. Here's a man in the New Testament local church, a problem arose and the disciples, the apostles, the spiritual leadership need men, a man that would be full of wisdom and of the Holy Ghost. And, that, and now that can translate into we have a problem, God can use men, he can use women, but here's a man that was willing to serve. May I propose to you, church family, tonight that my desire would be that God would help us understand as a church family what our individual gift is and calling for the vocation wherewith we have been called. You have not been called to just accept the gift of God of salvation and His Spirit and His blood that we know we're justified by it just to sit in church. We've been called so that we can use our life and our gifts and our finances and our children and everything that we have so that we could truly see the great commission fulfilled. May I ask you, do you believe that the commandment of Christ was just too hard to do? Sometimes I go to my prayer clause and I say, God, you've given us your spirit I see men that are passionately serving. I see our pastor. I see the leadership that sacrifices. I know that they don't work for money. I see them. I see everything that's happening in our church. I see our spiritual leadership. But many times I wonder if the problem is not up here, but down here where I sat and where I'm sitting still today. I don't think the new Christians in the New Testament local church would go around asking each other, are you full-time ministry or are you part-time ministry? I don't think they went around asking each other, do you, do you sow in on Saturday mornings? Or are you, do you go every day or do you go twice a week? I, we see through scripture that it was a desire that the spirit of God would lead and help us to truly preach the gospel of Christ. How many times have we heard that if in a year from now, all of us would produce one person in these pews we would fill up the auditorium. I don't know about you, but oh, in December, I had a, I had a heavy heart during Christmas because as I looked back and I realized what God had done in my life, I was glad. Yet I was so distracted and I don't have one convert sitting in this church today or on Sunday, and it's not mine, it's the Lord's, but God, I did not let God use me to produce one new convert. We had many visitors that came. We saw people saved. But no one in 2023 is sitting in this church as a new believer because of the work that God allowed me to do in 2022. And I don't believe that God is sitting on his throne okay with that. I propose to you tonight that we would seek out our calling. And the last verse I'll share and we'll be done is back in Ephesians 4. And Ephesians is many times called the jewel of the epistles of the Apostle Paul because he explains so richly and in such a profound and amazing way, the gospel of Christ. In chapter one, he says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. In chapter number two, he says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In chapter three, we know that God said, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, we see that he tells us, for this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 3. In chapter 4, he comes in and says, I therefore, when you see the word therefore, we'll be done with this, ask yourself, what is it therefore? 
Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. This is a call to everyone. This is a call to every single believer sitting in this auditorium tonight. This is not a call only to the spiritual leadership or if you're paid or if you live off the gospel or if you're a pastor or not a pastor. This is a call to every single Christian. And he says, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. The vocation is the gospel with all lowliness, with all lowliness. The word lowliness is the Greek word that we find, uh, tafrosone, which is derived from the words tapenos, low, humble, and phronio, think. Humility is thus regarding oneself as of less importance, both in the sight of God and before others. Consequently, one who is humble is willing to serve. The word is often compared to the synonym prates, which is meekness, which indicates relating submissively toward God or others as a result of a humble view of oneself. The ancient Greeks thought humility indicated a craven or servile spirit, a sense that may be seen in Colossians 2. Elsewhere in the New Testament, however, it is a virtue that makes possible Christian unity. May I just leave you with this thought that the reason that I saw in my life in last year, why I was not being a fruitful Christian, why I was not being spirit-filled, is the opposite of loneliness and meekness, which is pride. We had Brother Benny Beckham come here just many months ago and talk to us how Christ in Matthew chapter 6 said, when ye fast, not if ye fast, when ye fast. May I ask you, church family, have you fasted since you heard Brother Benny Beckham talk about that? Have you fasted for your family, for your children to be filled with the Spirit and to be used by God? Have you fasted so that God would keep and protect our pastor as he travels? Have you fasted so that God would see your neighbor saved? Have you gone to your prayer closet to pray so that God can use your life? So that we can see the gospel and the Great Commission fulfilled in our generation. That desire and burden and feeling you have tonight does not come from the devil. It comes from the Spirit of God. Have you fasted so that God would give you liberty of your addiction and your stronghold? Men in pornography, in the lust of the flesh, in the lust of the eye, in the pride of life? I ask you tonight that we would come back to our prayer closets and seek God because this vocation wherewith we are called demands and deserve the cross of Christ demands a worthy walk.